Welcome in, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Friday edition, Trust or Bust. With me, as always, Mr. Jason, that FF nerd, Draven. Jason, how was the holiday yesterday, my man? Man, there was so much football, I was pumped. Not so many good games, but it was okay. <laughs> Couple disappointments, that Cowboys game kind of ended early. Uh, also, all the way from Canada, Mr. Jack Cavanaugh, where it was not Thanksgiving yesterday. They've already had Thanksgiving. There you go. Can't say we didn't teach you something. So confusing. Not hey really. Guys. Different country. <laughs> we did not celebrate Thanksgiving today or yesterday, but I was all right with that because I got a full day of football, so I'm really not complaining. Yeah, so you just had a – in your world, it's just one of those random days where it's just on on a Thursday because science, where it's like, did you even have to work? Did you work? Like, I assume you had to go to work and stuff. <laughs> it's not a holiday. No, nope, nope, I was off. Oh, well, that's happy. All right. Well, there you go. So just a weird football early Christmas. Well, yeah, sure. We'll call it an early Christmas present. Just football on a Thursday. Three games. Speaking of which, we should probably start breaking those down. So let's just dive right in here. Bears and Lions was the early game. <sighs> that's my analysis, folks. There it is. What, you didn't um, love Trubisky just taking him to town? Steve and I, <laughs> nonsense Steve and I, are recovering Bears fans. And uh, no, didn't didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy the Trubisky experience. Haven't enjoyed most of this season. Uh, so slightly bitter. Uh, I got to say, it's a good thing that that game was on Thanksgiving, which is a day where you're allowed to start consuming alcohol nice and early, and nobody looks at you like you're some sort of drunk. Because that's that really helped. That really helped with this game. But let's talk about let's talk about let's forget about the Bears. We'll get to the Bears. Let's talk about let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, David Blatt. Uh, that's Blatt. actually uh, future Hall of Famer David Blatt to you. Oh wow, to me, not to everybody else, just to me. If you're going to introduce him, introduce him properly. <laughs> I see. So if you want to crown him, crown him over there. All right. So clearly, Jack is pro David Blatt. Future I seem to remember another Big Ten quarterback having success with, behind a Matt Patricia defense. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. I'll put. A, I'll give you a point for that one. I'll give you a point. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll be. Uh, I'll be Rinaldi over here with my points board. All right. You get a point for that. Congratulations to you. Um. But for real, David Blount did look competent. I mean, it, it's nice to know that he unfortunately they unfortunately didn't win the game. But especially early in the game, and I know uh, Jason, that's what impressed you. Yeah, man, I was just the whole thing. The fact that he did that well just surprised me the entire time. Like first completed pass for Blau to Galladay, seventy-five yards and a touchdown. That just blew me away. And he kept finding him. Like he only targeted him like six times, and he had four receptions and over a hundred and fifty yards. Just stupid how effective he was with him. I just I don't understand. I blew me away that Galladay. Galladay did so well. It was a really bold strategy for the Bears to come out and decide to not cover Kenny Galladay for the first <laughs> quarter. So it, it didn't pay off, uh, unsurprisingly. So uh, they did end up having to adjust and cover him a bit. But yeah, Kenny Galladay looked great. He is an alpha. You know, they say Canadians are nice. I'm learning that's not as the case. Um, who told you that? But, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Galladay looked great. Tapered off a little bit in the second half with the coverage adjustment that uh, probably should have been the game plan for the entire game. Um, but yeah, Galladay once again flashes why he is flirted in the past with being looked at as a true wide receiver. We not agree. Like it's in there somewhere. If you could ever just get it out there consistently, Galladay does have the raw skills. We not agree to be an actual wide receiver one. Oh yeah, hundred percent there. Yeah, yeah. If Stafford uh, speaking healthy, of other. Absolutely. Yeah, Stafford with the back is an interesting one because this is not the first back injury for him. So we'll yeah, see how that the, ends in up. In a full season, absolutely. Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver one right now, and we're not even questioning it. Yeah, so we'll, 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 I'll be interested to see who's playing quarterback for the last year. Might be Stafford again, but how many more years? He's getting up there. Two back injuries now, not ideal. So that's a note for the offseason, though. So let's let's talk about things, though. The last thing on the Lions that I think we absolutely have to talk, we were missed not discuss. Bo Scarborough. Out of the AAF and into your hearts. <laughs> just just a uh, another another fantastic performance. 
clear lead back, correct, guys? At this point, nobody, nobody else, right? It's it's Bono's to use an old truism. Far and away, uh, Bo Scarborough's Burrow's backfield. Uh, he had 34 snaps on the day. Ty Johnson surprisingly had 25, and JD McKissick had 17. Uh, the most surprising thing was Ty Johnson actually led the team in routes run with 16. Uh, McKissick was second with 12, and Bo Scarborough even ran 11. So they even used him in the passing game a little bit. So absolutely, he's the lead back going forward. Yeah, so Bo is the one that he's going to be your uh, your kind of RB2 flex territory week in, week out for the rest of this season, it looks like. So um, if you were able to get him off waivers, congratulations. It looks like you might have uh, kind of lucked into something there. And uh, if he's still out there on waivers, that's a definite name to note uh, for all of us. Um, I know there was a little bit of surprise about McKissick not being in the passing game. Um, that is surprising. Just Ty Johnson did run more there. So that is that is something to note. Just something to keep keep looking at moving. All right, let's talk about the Bears. I don't want to talk about this, so just go for it, guys. Uh, depressing. Depressing me. You know, I called it on Tuesday that Trubisky was going to find Allen Robinson a lot. He didn't do it as many as I thought, but man, he found Anthony Miller, who went to town. I could not believe how many times he was targeted. And we talked. Just, we 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 brought that up to you on Wednesday. I know, but I just, it just surprised me watching the Bears are surprised by Anthony Miller having a resurgence here with Taylor Gabriel being hurt and Trubisky needing a dump off. So he's been, he's had, that's his third game in a row like that. Anthony, he's back. So Anthony Miller is going to make the, the waiver column for sure. Moving forward, widely available. Um, he'll be there for you, but anyway, continue on. Well, and then David Montgomery was actually used in the passing game. And like, it blows me away. <laughs> about time what the heck have you been doing all season cohen's been great but montgomery has good hands like it 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 was a great thing to see that they were starting to use him i just want to see it more it's like every bears fan yesterday I know. finally about time so but yeah alan robinson's still the clear wide receiver one for as long as taylor gabriel is hurt anthony miller is going to continue to feast on those six-yard passes they keep throwing him over and over just to move the ball, especially with Trey Burton now on IR. There's literally nobody else there to do it, especially with Ben Brubagger now back, now banged up. So they're running out of people. So it's going to be Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, hopefully. Hopefully this helps kind of stabilize it a little bit. But we, as we know, just when we think we're out of the woods, then Corderell Patterson will be back in there back because you know, you can't, can't stay away from that. Can't get off of, can't get away from his bay. So oh, why not? Why not? Uh, there's a lot of tape on why not, Jack. I don't, I don't want to get into it anymore. Um, that It's not a good plan. Uh, anyway, the Bears do win that game, and it took everything they had to beat the Lions' third-string quarterback on a 3-7 and seven team. So, woohoo! congratulations to you. Uh, you've beat the Giants and the Lions. Yay. So, not bitter at all, by the way. Not bitter at all. Uh, moving on to a to game. My favorite game. Playoff implication game. A real game. A game that matters. The Bills, the Cowboys in Dallas. I called this the meme, the most meme-filled game of yesterday because it had the meme king, Jerry Jones. The, the Let's not beat around the bush. The Bills throttled the Cowboys in this game in what I thought was kind of a statement game in a lot of ways for the Bills. Uh, my favorite meme of the game is Jerry Jones in disgust staring out the window of the owner's box. Um, and then him and his bunch of cronies and suits all turn their back and just like in unison, like turn their back to the game and just file out in disgust, uh, at the end of that game. That, that was, that was amazing. It is, it was high level drama. I love it. I saved it. It's great. I'm going to use that all the time. Jerry retired with his friends to go drink Johnny Walker blue out of a human skull and uh, commiserate about the uh, who will be the new coach because I got to figure that that right there is probably the death blow. <laughs> Would we not agree for Mr. Jason Garrett? I think he uh, needs a Super Bowl to come back next year, but even then, I, it sounds like they're going to roll with him for the rest of the year, which well, I... Well, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Officially I, I mean, fire him now serves no purpose other than to disrupt everything even more. I feel like at this point, it might be the spark you need because I don't know, man. There, if there's the just no that spark. Game, if the Eagles lose that game, you're still winning the division. Does it matter at this point winning the division? When yeah, because it does, because it means you could go to the playoffs and anything can happen in the playoffs. I think you, you, you try as hard as you can 
to go to the playoffs every year, even if you think you're going to get blown out, because you still got to say you go to the playoffs. I just think Jason Garrett is a dead man walking already. Like that's what I feel. I don't know what what it would take to not to not get fired at this point, because that team, like you had said, they looked anemic. They came out uh, in the first uh, first drive, opening drive, and finally exercised that demon. Dak to Witten, looking good, moving the ball, really efficient, 50 yards, passing, a touchdown. They were featuring Zeke. They kept featuring Zeke through the first quarter and into the second quarter. And then uh, the defense is, in my mind, one of the bigger issues. It's the turnovers from Dak, but it's also the defense. Because the stat line for Dak at the end of the day is still 300 yards, two touchdowns, just the two turnovers. The defense couldn't stop, couldn't stop the Bills consistently hey, Josh Allen that man's a beast yeah I should just say Josh Allen but <laughs> let's, let's go through let's go through the Cowboys because I thought Dak wasn't the biggest issue there like I, we gave you the stat line 300 yards two touchdowns one of them's in garbage time unfortunately not really his fault I will say Bill's defense looks for real they were putting a lot of tremendous pressure on him causing the fumble and causing the interception in my mind um but we got to see what Zeke can do when you actually give him the ball and then they inexplicably went away from it again. He had a nice fantasy day for you, which is good. He was the highest scoring back on Thursday. So that's helpful. But what do you do with Zeke going forward? I mean, at this point, I think you're just stuck. You just got to play with him and hope the Cowboys just learn from their mistakes. You're basically just rolling with him. You're, you're, there's no chance you're benching Ezekiel Elliott ever. Yeah, exactly. I don't you're just going to hope that he gets away. 20 carries. And some weeks he will, some weeks he won't. Yep. That's so basically what you're doing. You're hoping the Cowboys can help pull their head out of their butt. Uh, Jason Witten caught his 1,200th pass. Congratulations to Stumpy. We love you, Stumpy. We love you. Get out of the uh, future Man. head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Jason. Witten. <laughs> you think he'd be better at that than he was at Monday Night Football? Well, I guess we get to maybe get to see it. Um, maybe Troy gets to come down and do it. Uh, I don't know. You got to be a special kind of spineless as we've talked about to work for Jerry Jones like that and take the abuse. So I think that's why Garrett's had that job for as long as he has. Um, Nice to see Amari Cooper kind of get off the schneid in that one. Uh, It's a little surprising the coverage assignments from the bills, but given the bills overall performance on the day defensively, which we'll get into, frankly, I can't really fault them for anything they did. So, so there you go. Um, But it was nice to see him get back to form. Uh, so do you trust Amari Cooper moving forward? I feel better about it. He was removed from the injury personally, and he, he had a pretty nice day. I think you're just going to have to go with it. Yeah. And after the MRI, he was fine. So I, moving forward, I keep firing him up. No, not everybody's going to be the bills. I mean, <laughs> right. Exactly. They're not. Yeah. So we're, the show note is unsure of why Cobb and Gallup are not more involved and I can tell you why I got that one for you. It's because of the tur- two turnovers, and it's also because of them trying to force feed the ball to Cooper early. Um, they did try to go to Gallup several times, but they had Gallup locked up pretty effectively for most of the day. They couldn't connect on any of the deep shots, and uh, and Cobb, I think, is a victim of the two turnovers, frankly. So I think better days are ahead for both of those guys. Is there any long-term concerns for you? I don't view them as the most reliable anyway, but they are usable pieces no matter what they're kind of in that wide receiver three flex territory week in week out a gallop's always a like he could break out any week you never know when he's going to go off it only takes one it only takes one with gallop that's what's great about it and he still gets enough targets that he's decent i mean exactly he might he had a bad game on thursday and he got a nine and a half ppr so that's a bad game for him so that's not that's what i'm saying wide receiver borderline wide receiver two for him Cobb's kind of receiver three all right, I'm just going to get out of the way because now we're going to talk about the Bills, and I'm just going to let you take uh, take a little bit of a victory lap here, Mr. Nerd. Cause oh, yeah, man. you got to pick your spots, as we've been talking about in the background, and the uh, floor is yours. little victory lap action here, just a little one, because you were right, right, right about this. Yeah, man. Josh Allen, like I said, looks good. He was able to control the pocket. At one point, they literally showed him standing there with so much time to throw. It was incredible. They were counting I mean, it down. It was seven seconds. It was unbelievable. It's like playing that game of five. Uh, you know how everybody played backyard football <laughs> yesterday, right? Oh you yeah. Know, they count to five, one thousand before you can run. You can rush the quarterback in like four on four. They were doing that in real football <laughs> against Josh Allen yesterday. Count to five before you run at him. Because <laughs> my God. And you don't even want to do that because he was able to still rush past you. Like 
It was incredible. He controlled the game. Like I said, he found Beasley in the revenge game. Six receptions on seven targets for 110 yards and a touchdown. Let's go. I mean, and you then were correct about that. I was going to say, you were correct about that as well. The Cole Beasley. <laughs> I got to give you that. You were pushing for Cole Beasley on, on Tuesday. And, uh, but yeah, the Josh Allen stat line real quick before we move off it. 231 yards passing and a touchdown. Meh. But it's the, uh, the 43 yards uh, rushing uh, and the other touchdown uh, on 10 attempts. Got to love that. Every week, it's that rushing floor. That's what we keep trying to tell you, America. Everybody who's scurred every week on these rankings that we do. There you go, folks. Well, even then, I mean, he gave a touchdown to John Brown. Like, he let him throw that. And it looked great. <laughs> Singletary dominated snaps, caught a touchdown, targeted four times, had three receptions, 38 yards. Like To clarify, John Brown threw the touchdown to Singletary. <laughs> yeah. And he brought, and it was like, a dime. It was a dime. It was an absolute and Alan dime. And blocked for him. And it looked yep. great. <laughs> yep. John Brown's points on the day come from the passing touchdown primarily. Uh, and Singletary caught that touchdown, had a really nice day, as you were saying. And so there you go. I give you full credit on this. You were correct. Bill's Mafia, Mr. Nerd. You were correct about <laughs> all of these things happening. They all came to fruition for you, except for the John Brown passing touchdown. I'm not going to give you credit for that. But you got credit for the other three. Um, if you were to call the John Brown passing touchdown, I'd give you the Quinella and let you take the rest of the show off, frankly. <laughs> nobody's, that right about, nobody's that right about anything, um, except for uh, almost me, uh, as we'll get into later. I was so close. Well, that Josh um, Allen, like Josh Allen, when he they messed up the snap and he got it and was able to push ahead for a first down. Yep. Like that is a heart that you will not see on a whole lot of other teams. He's a, he's a monster. And everybody in Denver that they didn't draft Josh Allen. Now it kind of makes me laugh. It's like, really? That's what you wanted. But at the same time, they're eight and three and they're beating all the bad teams, which is something Denver can't do. So I kind of see their, if he's just going to run like that for his career until he gets whacked at a certain point, he's so big. He's a, he's a big dude. But let's talk think- about that just real quick. That, uh, Oh, go ahead, Jack. I think the most impressive thing about uh, that performance from Josh Newton yesterday is like the Bills offense is still growing <laughs> together. You know what? That works. You know what? You know what? No, you know what? Anyways, the, the Bills offense. didn't give that to us in the pre-show meeting, by the way. No, you were right to sit on that. You were right oh. to keep that in your back pocket. That's good. Hashtag, hashtag Josh Newton. I like it. All right. We're going to go with that from moving forward. That's fantastic. Good job. I'm glad you appreciate that. But yeah, the most impressive thing is that offense is really just starting to grow together. Like Devin Singletary's a rookie. John Brown's new. uh, Cole Beasley's new. uh, Their tight end is new. Dawson Knox. Frank Gore's new. And they have four new starters on the offensive line. Like that offense is every game we've seen together is a new game under their belt. And they're really starting to click. I'm really excited to see what this offense can be going forward. They look like they're having fun too, which is always a bonus. They really look like they're having fun out there which not all of these teams always do. Um, just to put a final note on this game, uh, Bill's defense, awesome. <laughs> just, man, that front that they've assembled through the draft and the back end with Hyde, and that's a legitimate defense. That is a real, for real defense right there. So as long as you can keep that together, um, yeah, I'm not really shocked you're a playoff team. You're going to play defense against people like that. But let's get into... Uh, unless anybody has any thoughts on the Bills D, uh, let's get into the final uh, Thanksgiving game. The game that I thought was actually slightly disappointing, except for the end. The end was an, was an all-timer, but the, the rest of it, a little disappointing. Uh, Julio Jones ruled out. We had talked about that uh, pretty much beat it to death on Tuesday, um, and I was correct. He ended up not. Uh, so with that, uh, Russell Gage got a lot more work. Calvin Ridley ends up moving to the one like we had discussed. And uh, they kind of ran out there with uh, some of the B team and it did not look great, especially with no Hooper to help hold it down. Um, what do we think about Matt Ryan at this point? We were all out on him on Tuesday and uh, we're justified in that. Yeah, we're justified very much so in doing so. Um, so like it's, it's, it's funny. Dak was able to recover from the turnovers. Ryan was not. The, he looked rattled throughout a lot of the game. That O-line is not helping him at all. And I think he's still dealing with that ankle. Oh, and the funny, the funny thing about that offensive line is, uh, so that Chris Lidstrom's out, but if uh, with with him in the lineup, they have five starters on their offensive line who were drafted in the first round. Now they only have four. Does it look like that at all? <laughs> no, it looks like they're playing a bunch of turnstiles, to be honest. And uh, uh, they just look out of sync. They look like they can't do anything. They can't run block at all. 
Uh, Freeman was very involved, but didn't do a whole lot with it in that game. He he got he was making me nervous because we were out on him, uh, Jason, you and I on Tuesday as well. And Steve was in. He was making me nervous with how much he was getting the ball, but he didn't do anything with it. So yeah, exactly like you expected. Yeah, he didn't like, do much. Been struggling. Uh, yeah. I still I'm not super sold on Brian Hill. I know other people may be warming up to it. I'm 100% sold. Yeah. At this point, I think Matt Ryan's shell shocked. I'm pretty much out on him for the rest of the season. Uh, with, like you said, with the run blocking on the offensive line, I'm pretty out on that backfield, especially because they don't really know what they're doing. They're still giving the corpse of uh, Devontae Freeman carries. <laughs> Mary, Marion Barber 2.0, uh, I think he's pretty much wow. ready to hang him at up. Marion, at least he was huge. Uh, well, I think that I think he's ready to hang him up. It's just outside of Julio and uh, Calvin Ridley, and once he returns, Austin Hooper. Those are the only three guys on the Falcons that I have any interest in going forward. All right, yeah. See, I, okay, we'll get into a, we'll get into that here then. So Ridley, I thought did a nice job with short notice, a little bit being asked to kind of step up, um, and he got the, the the big boy coverage like we were afraid of on Tuesday. He had Lattimore on him for a lot of the game. But as soon as Lattimore, they were justified in doing that because as soon as Lattimore wasn't on him, he was able to just own Eli Apple. He was owning Eli Apple from the minute that game started. It was so funny, too. If you listen to the commentary, uh, they were talking about how the Saints decided that Eli Apple's the one who studied Calvin Ridley all week. Didn't matter that Julio Jones was out. They're not going to play their number one corner on him. And it was just a terrible idea. It did bad choice. And then they had to change it, and they had to put Lattimore on it because their idea was stupid. It never made any sense. Yeah, so they had Lattimore on him, and that was working for a while. But then Lattimore ended up leaving the game for a little while, had to get some fluids. And Ridley was, frankly, giving him everything he could handle when he was on him. Ridley was playing up to Lattimore's level, I thought. But the problem was they were bracket-covering him (laughs) because of what he did to Eli Apple. And then eventually they had to stop doing that. So it's a, uh, and, and Ridley ended up having a nice day. He ended up finishing with 17 fantasy points in PPR. So Ridley, I think, kind of showed some stuff. Uh, it's nice to see that if Julio Jones can't play, Ridley can kind of handle uh, that number one wide receiver duty. So I think if Julio's not playing, Ridley becomes kind of a must-start type of option. And let, you know, we'll look at their schedule. But uh, Ridley, Ridley, I think, proved a little bit to me on Thursday. A little bit of a... Uh, not a great game, but I think people were afraid he was going to just go in the tank like, you know, some of these other guys have a tendency to do when they suddenly get asked to take on the mantle of do everything like Julio has to do for that team. So what do you guys think about that? Ridley, show you anything more than what you've assigned to him in the past? I mean, I was surprised, but I also think that had to do with the fact that Lattimore wasn't on him the entire time. But Fair, fair. And then, tra- but, and then junk time. Like, but junk time, yeah. He... he he was able to handle it. He was definitely a physical, big physical guy, which was pretty impressive. I, I, I like the talent, and I'm curious to see who will pay up for him when it comes to uh, The thing with Calvin Ridley was he was uh, such a talented route runner coming out of college, and once he gets NFL into the NFL, gets NFL coaching, that's just going to keep improving. And he's really just showcased that he can be the man. Uh, he's never going to be the man as long as Julio's there, but he has that type of potential, apparently. Um, the one guy you didn't mention there, Jack, that I wanted to bring up was uh, Russell Gage. With Julio out, Russell Gage became a red zone target, and he was 5 for 52 in a touchdown. So I didn't hear his name. Uh, I'd heard Julio and Ridley and Hooper when he gets back. But Gage is actually somebody I'm interested in for as long as, uh, potentially as long as Julio's not going to play. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm not crazy about it with uh, Julio out there. But if Julio's going to end up missing any more time this year, um, Russell Gage becomes a PPR option for me as a flex for sure. He had 16 uh, points last night. Yeah, I have I no like, arguments there. But uh, the the only thing is, if Julio comes back, I'm less interested in if Hooper. Comes I agree back. with that. That's why, I gave you, that's why I gave you that caveat because I agree with you in theory. But if Julio's not playing for whatever reason, and even if Hooper's not playing, you could do worse than Russell Gage potentially. So I'd say in good matchups, it's worth. That's a name to know. I'm not saying you got to run out and go and go pick him up, but I'm saying. I'd be aware of it. Yeah, he uh, kind of slides right into that Ridley role. Like, that's who he becomes, pretty much. Right. And then uh, Blake, any interest? He was the other one out running around last night. I like his target percentage, but, I mean, that would be only a flex PPR option. All right, so 16-team league, we're not going to worry. Frankly, the story of the game is the ending of this game, which is the yeah, man, the legend, that is Young Hui Koo. 
Get your young Wei Koo jerseys. Get them here. Get them now. From the right Chargers. Here. Oh, man. Uh, Google young Wei Koo and his trick shot kicks will come up. They were showing him on the broadcast. Um, as Steve points out, if only one of his trick shot kicks was kick an NFL field goal, he would have quite the career. But the man is an insane athlete with crazy kick skills. And he went out there last night and got not one, not two, but three onside kicks in a row to make the final yeah, score. Of, they were beautiful kicks. They were controlled. He had them bouncing when he wanted them to bounce. And he also had uh, the special teams out there helping him, like just making the plays. But still, he was kicking absolute dimes out there. He has a future in this league in my mind at this point as somebody who makes the me- league minimum just as your onside kick specialist. It, they were that good. They were unbelievable what he was doing out there. Didn't help. The Saints still won the game 26-18, but he enabled the Falcons to actually have a shot to come back and try and tie that game at the end of it, and it was unbelievable. He was the story of that game, and it was just fantastic. Uh, no fantasy implications at all. Still don't want him as my kicker. Um, yeah, and he missed but, a field goal and an extra point. Yep, yep, sure did. Yeah, just classic young way coup. But offensive onside kick specialist, young way coup. Um, yeah, 100%. Love it. That that was amazing. That was just most amazing. Impressive thing about his day was, you have to remember, he, Mr. AAF came from the AAF. They didn't even have onside kicks. Nope. <laughs> didn't even, even let you do it. Practice. He's just out there doing it. He's just, he was amazing at it. And it was really hard. It's, it was impossible for him to do it three times in a row. And he did it. They had one of them taken away and he just walked back out there like, oh, right there. Same spot. Boom. Got it. Oh, just walk it off. <laughs> yeah. Even the well, announcers were like surprised. Like, did this really just happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's such a low percentage that it's unbelievable that he'd be able to do it back to back and then walk out like 20 minutes later and do it again. Yeah. Same way. It's just, all right. Apparently he's just got that today. It's like, it's like for those of you who ever played beer pong in college, it's like bouncing. It's like, nah, he's just dialed in. He's just, you can't stop him. He's got it coming in like right over the lip. Like just, it's undefendable. It, it was amazing. So um, for the Saints, Drew Brees, I mean, they just didn't have to throw the ball. They just dominated that game with, frankly, like we all had it on Tuesday. Everybody's. <laughs> Call Taysom Hill, dominating, 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 dominating. His line for the night, blocked a punt. See, I had him returning the punt. I was close. I was very close. He blocked the punt. He didn't run the punt back. I was close. Well, if he would have caught it straight out of the air, it would have been a different he story. <laughs> he he could have. He, he had a shot, is my point. We, this is where we were so close. We were so close to our, our line that we gave uh, on Tuesday for him. Blocked a punt. Scored the first two touchdowns, caught a tap pass, and uh, and then he had a separate 20-yard run. Uh, nonsense Steve ended up being closest on the line for Taysom Hill, um, and he had the block punt to boot. So he had, he had himself a career day, and it sort of sucked out a lot of the value from a lot of the other Saints. So I don't know how repeatable a lot of that is. So the down day for Drew Brees, the 181 yards and a touchdown, the Alvin Kamara, 11 carries for 61 yards. It's not like he, he lost out to Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray did nothing in that game. Yeah, it was like Michael Thomas had two. A, Michael Thomas had a down game, and by that I mean he had like seven receptions. So that's a down game for him at this point this year. He's going to break that Harvin Marison. Because don't talk about, we don't discuss that guy. You don't, we, we keep, you keep his name out of your mouth, all right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's going to break that Harvin Marison uh, uh, record if he keeps going the way he's going. Um, but for real football purposes, Thomas had a pretty good game still. Uh, decent for fantasy still. Uh, Kamara, I'm not overly worried about it. It's just weird Taysom Hill stuff. Jared Cook uh, caught three of six targets, 85 yards. Defense looked great. Um, Will Lutz had a great day for what it's worth. Um, frankly, it's more of just real football news. than That's my only takeaway from the game was just the Taysom Hill stuff kind of sucked out the value from everybody else a little bit. But Saints looked like the Saints. They won that game handily and uh, deserved to lock that playoff spot they locked. That was really it. 
Are you guys ready for the Alvin Kamara complete blow-up game? Because he hasn't scored a touchdown with Drew Brees this season. He's only scored a touchdown in one game, and he scored two against the Seahawks. So, like, at, he scored 18 last year. At some point, he's going to score, like, four in a game. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the year, he's going to have six in a row. It's going to be six, Yeah, six. <laughs> my, only, my only concern is how many more games are they going to be playing? You know what I mean? They locked that playoff spot with uh, – so they're just going to have to get – you know, you're just going to see how high you have to go to get, you know, the Home one field. seed if you – yeah, and then I don't know if they got to keep playing. So possibly only like two more, three more games for Kamara here. So we'll have to see how that's gonna how that's gonna work out. Um, with Taysom Hill, I still think he's they're gonna have to put him at quarterback only. So that's uh, that's kind of just the way it's gonna have to be. So and I know we, they've been flirting with putting him at running back or wide receiver as a dual designation guy. They hate doing that. So we'll just have to see how he gets changed. I don't think he's going to have enough snaps to call at any other position. My two cents on that. That was the topic on the internet today, though. That's so annoying. He Can you just not put him as a flex? He should just be he, uh, his own designation, X. It should just be an X. Athlete, no, it should be an A, because that's how they would do it. In like high, high, no, I'm serious. In high school and college, they would give you the A for athlete, because they don't list you at a position. That's how you have those guys in high school that play quarterback and linebacker. Like it's, it's that type of deal. So that that's what it would be. They would just list you as athlete, but that's a conversation for the NFL, frankly, fantasy purposes, but yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying. He lines up at tight end sometimes. And I would start him every week at tight end. If that oh was yeah. Well you, Oh God, he'd be a top five tight end. You see, we, we all know what tight end. He'd be, it'd be unbelievable. He'd be out there with like, you could play Jared cook and, and him. Are you out of your get check? Go sit in the penalty box. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like uh, when Jalen Samuel Samuels had the running yeah, back tight end. The, yeah, that's when they stopped doing that. He started playing great. running. You got I know it was, but it's broken. You gotta have enough. You gotta have enough snaps to qualify at, at these positions. And the only one he would qualify at, I think, is quarter. Still, he would have to have a certain significant, a certain percentage of snaps at each of these positions to qualify. So unless they start lining him up at wide receiver more, running back more, um. I don't know what else they're going to do. So I think we're just stuck with that one. Because I agree with you in theory. It is annoying that those points for the Saints just go off into that black hole. Because they're not useful at any level. You know what I mean? Whereas if as if you could play him at tight end or running back or wide receiver, you would be talking about yet another Saints player in the 20s at whatever position. Or if he was tight end, he'd be like... <laughs> just like... So I, I agree with the conversation. I, I saw this happening on the internet today. Because I think people are frustrated because they see all those points that are those juicy points that are just locked up in that box that you can't use at all. But yeah, I, I started that part on uh, Fantasy Life for sure, just to see. Exactly. That. No, yeah, that's that's the but that's the that's the conversation. So what I'll say is 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 this. Uh, that's really a conversation that we need to dive into more in the season. But let's let's get into the news, such as it is. The buys are over. The buys. Woo-hoo! The buys are over. Yay! Nothing but football. No more of that. Okay. Um, Andy Dalton is now your starting quarterback again for the Bengals. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Devlin Duck Hodges is now your starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Woo! That is my quarterback. Ducky Hodges (laughs) is my quarterback. (laughs) You and Pat McAfee. You and Pat McAfee. Quack. 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 Uh, yeah. How amazing is it that we're going to yeah. see Ducky Hodges versus Lamar and Ducky Hodges versus Baker Mayfield? Four oh, times yeah. A year. Uh, it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. For the next 20 yeah. years. It's well, going to we'll be see great. How this, we'll, see how this, we'll see how this draft goes. Uh, Eric Ebron to the IR. Jack Doyle a lot more attractive. Um, Kyler Murray was added to the injury report, actually, and is a little bit of a game-time call. So I'm actually playing Kyler Murray in a league, and uh, – uh, if I'm looking for other options, so I recommend everybody else go out and do the same thing. Um, but has not been ruled out. So uh, so just something to keep in mind, something to monitor, and have a backup plan for Kyler Murray. Uh, Delaney Walker has been going has been uh, moved to the IR. That is frustrating. Uh, Rhett Ellison ruled out this week with a concussion. Uh, Gerald Everett is in all likelihood not going to play with that knee. Evan Ingram has been officially ruled out as well. Um, in terms of replacements, uh, Nick Foles, not a bad option this week. Um, what do you guys think about Nick Foles, Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill? What would you recommend? I like those all three the of them, man. So do I. Are, I like they all, all have great playoff schedules, too. For me, it's, for me, it's Tannehill. Of the three, I want Tannehill. 
Sam Darnold two, Darnold. Nick Foles three. For me, that's my list of those three. But those are the ones I like. You want Darnold one? Is it so, Jack? Yeah. Darnold one, Tannehill two. Foles three. Foles uh, is too likely to. He's too t- turnover prone. And no, like, no, we're, we're splitting hairs. We all agree it's Foles three. And then we'll no, whoa, whoa, oh wow, I oh wow, Tannehill oh. three. Oh, <laughs> what's wrong oh. with you? Oh, oh my bones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I uh, like the matchup. What can I I'm say? Telling, I, I'm Steve? worried about it. I'm getting Steve on the show. Hold on. I'm going to conference him in to tell you how long you are about this. Like, um, no, okay. I, I, here we go, Jason. Uh, so uh, since week nine, Tannehill's fourth in points per game. And we throw out Stafford because he's done. So we're not going to include him. So it's Lamar and Kyler Murray. Those are the only two quarterbacks ahead of Tannehill right now in points boom. per game. Week nine. Boom. And you want to put him at fun. three behind Nick Foles? One of them has a better running back. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> You're comparing Derrick Henry to Leonard Fournette. Yes, the okay. man of glass. We're looking at the Spider-Man meme right now. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say thank you. That's the Spider-Man meme. You beat me to it. Thank you. All right. So, all right. We completely disagree with Jason. Jack and I are are saying Nick Foles three. All right, let's let's move on. But those are the three guys. Uh, uh, at tight end, um, Jonu Smith. Uh, Jack Doyle, Ryan Griffin, Tyler Eifert. It's not necessarily the order. I'm just saying those are the guys to look at if you're looking for Evan Ingram replacements, Everett replacements, Delaney Walker replacements. Um, of that list, I like Ryan Griffin, Jack Doyle, Jonu Smith, Eifert. That's the way I would do that. Uh, see, I go with Jack Doyle at number one because Fair I do enough. think that he gets the increase because of Ebron being out. But yeah, then I'll go Ryan Griffin after him, then Joe New, and then I'm completely out on Tyler Eifert. I think he's basically Devonta Freeman at this point, and he's done <laughs> you want Eifert over there jason you gonna come over the top on me again <laughs> well I, here? uh it's between i don't i like him more over i like him over smith it, so it's going to go doyle griffin eifert smith because it's dalton like that's the only reason he gets that bump up is because so you're doing that in reverse of how jack's doing it okay yeah, yeah. Uh, well that's so, why the show works so hold on a sec here's <laughs> the thing about uh dalton and eifert for the first seven games Eifert had 118 yards and one TD with Dalton. And that's like over seven games. He had one big game with Dalton. Nah, I am completely out on Eifert. I think he is washed. I got to agree. I don't, I'm not interested in Eifert unless it's some sort of 16 team league. I'd rather take my chances on Johnny Smith. With See, I feel like this is where the, the first part of the analysis feeds into the analysis, but we got to hustle on to running back. So uh, Chase Edmonds is trending towards coming back this week. Whoop, whoop. Um, uh, James Conner, probably not playing again. Jordan Howard, also frustratingly, probably not going to play again. Um, Josh Jacobs, they keep saying he's questionable, and he keeps going out there and dominating. So until that stops happening, I'm just going to keep rolling. Uh, hashtag analysis. Uh, Matt Breida, a lot more questionable than I think Josh Jacobs is. Adrian Peterson is a lot more, I feel like, Josh Jacobs. I think he's just going to just... <laughs> they keep saying he's questionable, and he keeps going out there. So I'm not interested in playing Adrian Peterson, though. Of the ones that are up in the air that I would actually have interest in starting in pivotal week 13, Josh Jacobs. That's really it. Um, even if the rest got cleared to play, I would probably be looking for other options. Anybody got any pushback for me on that? No, I'm a little worried about Jacobs this week, but that's on a whole other topic. Lack of other options. Yeah. My friend, uh, for what he could provide you. Um, he's just been so, t- he's so talented. Uh, expect to be without Marlon Mack. In fact, he's already been ruled out. So, uh, and uh, probably Damian Williams as well. I wouldn't want to trust that in some sort of playoff matchup. Um, in terms of other options, frankly, it is slim pickings out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's really the beginning and the end is Jonathan Williams. That's the one you want. That's the one that I would actually say, if you wanted to do it, go blow your fab budget on it. Because um, Marlon Mack's already been ruled out this week. If you need a running back this week to do something, like playoffs or bust wise, I will be, I live with the idea that I drop my fab budget on Jonathan Williams. If I had to, to get into the playoffs, anybody got any issues with that? Cause that's the one I want. The nope. He gets the most touches on best option. options. Yeah. Best 100%. Option. Other options uh, that are less good. LaShawn McCoy um, has been dropped in a ton of leagues because of, well, it's LaShawn. let's just be honest. Um, but not a bad fill in if you needed one. Um, what I think is more intriguing than that is uh, Rashad Penny, which is the topic after what he did last week with uh, uh, getting kind of just taken Chris Carson part of his role over a little bit in that game. Um, 
it's so wonky though. I don't trust it. You know what I mean? It's week Carol. to week. It's Pete Carroll. It and I don't trust it in a week 13 where I need to win this game for playoff seeding. It might be a playoff game, depending on how your format works. Uh, this is a really important game. I don't want to be playing with that level of f- if I can avoid it anyway. Hey, so, hey, hey, man. You up? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. As Pete Carroll is want to text, as we've always made that assertion, and that is my team name and staff. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, uh, the other one is Bo Scarborough, but that doesn't help you any. So just throwing that out there. It's just other players that would have made sense. Um, as Adam far on the list. As, yep. Would have been on then the I list. Realized it, then I realized it's already passed. Already. Not going to help you anymore. But uh, that's really it at running back because running back. Uh, <laughs> but for playoffs, uh, Bo is an option. He actually has a decent schedule moving forward. Yeah, so. moving forward. Yeah, Bo is an option for one of those playoff. If you got, If you missed him, but nobody else picked him up. Um, something to look at for this week's coming waiver. Uh, so just wide receiver really quickly. Jordan Matthews was released by the Eagles means that, uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar are likely going to play. So, uh, kind of tip their hand there. Josh Doxson was released by Minnesota. I have no real analysis to that. It, other than Adam Thielen is likely playing. Paris Campbell may play this game. We'll see. I have a feeling they're going to be cautious with him because they really like him and um, they kind of want to hold on. So they don't want him to keep mess his hand up anymore. Um, but just also for the quick injury report here, uh, Curtis Samuel dealing with a knee injury. Uh, DJ Moore got that ankle. So keep, uh, keep that, keep both of those in mind. DJ Moore has been having a great little run here. Uh, Devontae Adams, I think, is going to play because he's got that same toe injury that they keep listing him as questionable with. I haven't heard any setbacks. Manuel Sanders, we'll see how effective he can be coming back from the ribs if he's able to suit up. Um, Will Fuller still probably going to play. He's been playing, still dealing with the hamstring. Adam Thielen also probably going to play, uh, coming back from the hamstring. Um, Cortland Sutton is an interesting one. That's, that's going to come down to the last, to the, to the, uh, to the last second. And then same thing with Muhammad Sanu, who's been dealing with that ankle. We'll see if he's able to get out there and give it a go. Um, but I would have other options for Sanu, for Sutton, and, uh, possibly for Samuels. I think DJ Moore gives it a go because he's been dealing with that same angle for a while. So hopefully he's... If Samuels doesn't play, uh, DJ and Moore does, DJ Moore to the moon. Um, is <laughs> for real. Uh, pretty much already ruled out. Hunter Renfro, T.Y. Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster, Golden Tate, A.J. Green. So if you got any of those guys, uh, they will not be this week. Um, man, it's ugly at, uh, at wide receiver pickups to help people out. Uh, I like really you, ugly. <laughs> Real, no, I, I, it's not. A, it's not a comment on you. I've went through the myself. We, it's just ugly. It's well, just it doesn't help that their games were played yesterday. Yeah, but even then, uh, not a lot of help except for Anthony Miller and Gage. Cole and Cole Beasley engaged. There was a, there was a handful of guys, but uh, for Sunday, you're really looking at Debo Samuel, uh, Darius Slayton, and AJ Brown, and for me. Because Samuel is not exactly healthy right now, so I'm going to go Slayton Brown Samuel, and I know that's a little controversial because I think you'd have Samuel higher normally. But Slayton has got a really interesting game this week. Would we not agree? Oh yeah, he's my boy. That's your Huckleberry. You want to uh-huh. go into that? You want to go into that, or you want to save it for a second? Oh man, I. <sighs> no, we'll save I, it. I just we'll like save him. it. We'll save it. We'll, we'll get save there. It. Yeah, we'll save, we'll save it. All right, Jack. Any? What's your order on that? What do you want? Uh, so even with the injury, I'm still going with Debo Samuel. I think he's an alpha receiver. In I don't fault you for that, by the way. Not a I, not a bad I, choice. I think he's athletic Anquan Bolden, and that's a guy I want to play even when he's not healthy. Uh, and then after that, yet yeah, Darius Slayton with his matchup, and I'm really interested in AJ Brown going forward. He he's really a lot like Corey Davis, what we wanted him to be. Except once he gets the ball in his hands, he's electric talented. too. He's just yeah, so good. Except talented. No, I understand. Okay, what we wanted right, Corey those, Davis to be, not yeah. what he is. Because what he is is trash. <sighs> We've been saying that for years on this show, and we'll keep coming back on that. I'm so tired of having this argument with you. <laughs> like AJ Brown is the future, not Corey Davis. Um, AJ Brown, somebody I'm super interested in. Dynasty keeper, especially if they give Tannehill that two-year extension. 
let's go. <laughs> like I'd be, I'd be interested in that a little bit more. Um, especially if they could figure out tight end. Maybe Delaney comes back next year healthy. We'll see. Fantasy season is in full swing, but you can get covered with Roto Assurance for your DFS team. All you have to do is draft your team on any DFS platform out there, then head over to rotoassurance.com and fill out the daily fantasy insurance form. All they need is some basic information like your name, email, how much the contest entry fee is, and the player that you want to insure. When you're doing that, you can enter promo code NONSENSE, that's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, to get 20% off of your coverage. If your insured player gets injured in the first half and does not return for the second half of the game due to that injury, then you're covered. You get your full entry fee back to that DFS contest. So what do you have to lose? Head on over to rotoassurance.com, use promo code NONSENSE to save 20% on your plan, and remember that injuries can happen at any time, so sign up today. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. That'll face you trust you Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Do what we came here to do, ladies and gentlemen. To help them set their lineups for this weekend. Pivotal Week 13. We've got seating, playoff matchups for some leagues. So, pivotal. This is crunch time. Got to get it right this week. So, what are we thinking at quarterback? I think I think we're, we've probably already given some spoilers. Yeah, we nailed that one. It's uh, Sam Darnold for me, man. That trust is going to be legit. Going up against a defense that gives up the fourth most points to quarterbacks. 25.9. Come on. I really like it because of the fact that Andy Dalton's on the other side. And if they can make this a shootout, oh, man, it's going to be money. On top of that, I mean... Jack had it. Donald is his fifth in the NFL in adjusted completion percentage per PFF with a 79.3. Like, that's, you got to play him, man. It's going to be such a good game. I'm pumped for it. Yeah, the schedule. Something we've been talking about for a long time. The schedule is so bad that his, or for them, it's so easy. There's, that he's, he's flying up in terms of his numbers. Also, it's not like Sam Darnold is bad. We've been saying that too. He's, he's coming along. So, um, pretty easy trust this week. Uh, Sam Darnold also, as we mentioned, highly available. So for example, if, uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray is not, yeah, well, it's the jets. That's, that's the, that's why people, he's got that NYJ next to his name. So people people are are like, they're still stuck on the whole seeing ghost thing too. Like that's never going to leave Sam Darnold. And that's just going to free Sam Darnold up for the rest of us. And I'm more than okay with that. Yeah, exactly. It'll, it won't go away on as a national narrative until he like wins a playoff game or Patriots or something. Um, the, uh, so speaking of the Patriots bust. Yeah, man. Yeah. I can't help myself. It's getting cold. Yep. It's getting cold. Keep going. I know, man. Tom Brady. Keep digging. The weather is cold. Well, you haven't been wrong about this one every time. I will say that. Like you, you're kind of like like, three out of four. Okay. You're kind of splitting carries on this one. (laughs) But to be fair, Brady ranks 33rd in adjusted completion percentage with 69.8. Just like Jared Goff. Just let that sink in for a second. That's part yeah. of the reason that it's you don't have to talk, you, don't, you don't have to you don't have to butter me up with Jared Goff as bad stats, which you know. <laughs> you know those are my favorite kind of stats. Uh, oh man. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about this is uh with Brady, it's uh it's just so unbelievably frustrating. I will say I agree with this week. I had way outside of starter. So if we're going to be wrong, we're going down together. So uh, um, I'm not starting Tom Brady this week, but to play devil's advocate, uh, the past two games have been in a rainstorm and this week he is going to be inside the dome and in, uh, in Texan or with the Texans. So I'm still not in on him, still out on him, but he's not completely done. Right, uh, right. I just, I can't trust it. Uh, this week, yeah. And on the other side of that, did you see the fact that they have 17 players that are currently questionable for... That's just the Patriots playing game, <laughs> the injury report. I put I no stock into that in any way, shape, or form, and no one should. But just throwing it out there. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frankly, let's move on to a real topic because I am shocked and appalled when I is is how I'll describe this. You don't like it? When I I I, I am I am uh I'm horrified by what I by when I read this. So I'm just gonna let you you go ahead and Jack and I are just gonna hang out and let you just do your thing here and then we're gonna <laughs> We're gonna negotiate. Uh, my, my running back trust is Kenyon Drake. I believe he is the leader of the backfield. He has the freshest legs, and man, his elusiveness has been incredible. He's forced fourteen missed tackles in six games on sixty nine touches. Like, and even okay, and that was with the Dolphins. So moving forward, fourteen missed tackles and three games with the Cardinals on 73 touches. Like the dude is just fresh. He's quick. It, I, I, I like him in this game. I, it's one of those things that he's a, available in the passing game. He has a multifaceted approach and he should be great. So that, that you did make some very good points there. There, but are there some, is that's one a problem. better argument than I thought I would get, to be honest with you. There's one major problem with this, though, and that Uh is that Chase Edmonds is probably coming back. From week five to nine, the only running backs that were ahead of Chase Edmonds in fantasy points, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs. Then it was Chase Edmonds. Then it was Dalvin Cook. How how can Chase Edmonds not come back and just eat that job up? He is going to be the guy. Because, man, they can easily – it's going to be an ease in because they don't want – they've seen too many people get hurt. You saw it with David Johnson earlier in the year. They put him out for those two snaps, and he hurt himself again. Like I know that it's one of those things, but you have to trust the fresh legs, and well, they're going easing well, back into you the also, offense. You also brought that up too, which is that it's not like you kind of are now walking me into it, which is, well, it's not like David Johnson's been deactivated. I know he's pretty much been a healthy scratch, but they've been saying he's going to come back and play this week too. So I don't trust any of this. I th- I don't know who's playing. I've got I've got Drake <laughs> rated it, uh, at like twenty eight at running back. So you might have to play him, but it's not somebody I'm excited about having to play. I I, I cannot endorse this. Jack Jack and I are over here saying that. No, sorry, you are on an island, my friend, with Kenyon Drake as a trust this week in a in a meaningful way. I am I am not I am not on board with that. Uh, at all. I would not feel good about having to play a Kenyon Drake this week at all. So you made some good points, I will say, but I, you didn't. Sw- I still think it's going to end up being this wonky committee. I think Jack is on to something with Chase Edmonds. We've been, we've been talking about that on the Wednesday show, that he's going to come back and completely muddy this even more. I don't trust any of this. I think that any, there's too many, there's too many outcomes for me to feel to say I feel good about. Um, I will say I, I'm, I'm warming up to your bus though. So let's let's pivot into that. Let's pivot into the bust. Yeah, man, it's Jalen Samuels. This is an ugly backfield. I don't know who's going to be playing what. I mean, last week he had 21 snaps. Benny Snell had 35 snaps. Trey Edmond had 12. Like, I don't. What are they doing? I'm. I can't trust him. He seems to be the guy that they just kind of throw out, and they're able to do what with whatever. I mean, doesn't matter what they're playing whether he's blocking or whatever we thought he was going to be the pass catching back because he was the pass catching back for one game and then and then last week happened and now no one knows what's going on because now benny snell's back and that seems to be like way a thing that all of a sudden kareth white's a thing like yeah yeah who was kareth white we we run a fantasy football website jack and we're sitting there like (laughs) you know who cares he's devin singletary's backup from fau yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's very helpful. Matter. That's very helpful because we were all sitting there. Like, I'm sorry. I watch college football too, and I, and I'm like, we, we're all sitting there. Like, there's like six people in a room that are like, I'm sorry. Who? Who is that? Like, it, it's like I've never heard of that guy. So that was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I will say thank you, Steelers. I was playing against somebody in a playoff game last week who was playing Jalen Samuels, and I won. So thank you. Appreciate you. But now I have no idea what to do with it moving forward. So I love this call, Jason. This is where you and I finally are getting back on the same page, my Because I don't know how you can trust Jalen Samuels this week with all the just cloud of stuff going on with Pittsburgh. Like, just, ugh. ugh. That being said, we now know that he's going to have a four. 
<laughs> and it's going to be a big game for him to just yeah, be ready for it. He's going to have 11 receptions for 90 yards and 10 carries for 40 yards and a score. Yeah, that'll happen. Um, but no, I, I, the logic, I think, is sound with that one all the way. I think Jack's on the same page with us as well. So let's get into wide receivers because this one's always a little bit more lengthy. Yeah, man. And uh, it's. You're going to go back to this well? I like him. I keep back telling you well. guys this. Well, to be fair, okay, D.D. Westbrook, he's only last week ran one less route than Shark. He has 11 more than Conley, and this game is set up to be awesome. I'm pumped for it. Uh, you know, they have the Shark, D.D., and Conley all rank top 30 in targets and top 25 in receptions. It's a high volume. Like, how, how can you not? That's where since Nick Foles came back. But yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. D.D. Westbrook to the absolute moon in the slot with Nick Foles. Straight cash. And even more. Here we go. Darius Slayton. All right. Going up against the team. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get into Darius Slayton, because that was your big thing. We'll close the loop on Kenny Guy. Not since Understore Steve agrees with both of you. He has him at 16 this week. I'm closer to the rest of us with consensus, except for Jack, who's got him a little lower than that. The rest of us have him in the 30s. So one more week and I'll come around to you. But uh but I agree with some, you made a couple of good points there, but now do the extended full Darius Slayton cut. Cause I know that's what you've been waiting for all show. Yeah, here we go. Going up, up against the team that gives 11th fewest points to wide receiver. Oh man. But targets are going to be there because it's going to be him and Shepard. And I mean, we don't know for sure if Ingram's out, but I'm pretty sure he is. And with that, okay. Beyond that, he has three targets on the ball, 20-plus yards, with only one drop. Has 109 yards and two touchdowns on those targets. Like, come on. How, how are we not more pumped? Those deep targets are tied for 28th between him, Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and Julian Edelman. Dude, why are we not playing him? Like, this is going to be a great week for him. Because he plays on the Giants. Also, uh, did you mention? I don't know if I missed it in there because that was the that was the full that was the full argument. Uh, the Golden Tate concussion, like we mentioned before, um, and also uh, I think the white people it's the Giants and all as part of it, but also I think it's because of the uh, the Daniel Jones fumbles. People are seeing that and they're just like, oh, it's not going to be reliable for them to actually move down the field. But no, Slayton's a good choice this week. I like it. I like uh, the, it for all the, the best thing about. The best thing about Slayton, too, is so if Golden Tate is out, uh, then it's going to be there, uh, Sterling Shepard. He's going to be the wide receiver one. So he's going to get Jair, Jair, Jair Alexander, which means that it's going to be Kevin King on uh, Mr. Darius Slayton. Google right, Kevin King. <laughs> right now, he is second in the NFL in yards allowed with 755. And last week, he Woo! gave up 83 yards and a touchdown to George Kittle. I am in on Darius Slayton because he is faster than George Kittle. Yes, very much so. I'm also very in on Darius Slayton for things like Dynasty Leagues. So 200 yards and a touchdown. Here it goes. Uh, well, okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, I know. Quite the, I'm sorry. But I like, the, uh, I, I like the Darius Slayton quite a bit. That's, that's a great choice with all the injuries and the matchup. Like, he, he could be a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky flex play for people this week. Um, I also like him potentially a little bit in certain DFS arenas. Um, he's got, he's got the, uh, the upside, if you will, that I think makes him an interesting choice in DFS Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm sure my bus is going to be iffy for a lot of people too. Well, it's more, I just don't like seeing scary. I know, man, but it's one of those things. I just, he cannot seem to get on the same page with Haskins. Like they've, the targets are iffy, you know, I was super happy that he got 12 targets last week, but he only got five of them for 72 yards. Granted, a touchdown was called back, but and that that was against the Lions. Like that that's how That's the how? team we just watched Allen Robinson tear apart with Mitch Trubisky barely being and able to Anthony throw. Anthony Miller yeah, and yeah. what is going on? All that stuff. All that. But their Darius guys seems to be where what they're wanting to focus on, and I really think that that's how they're going to have this team run is through Darius guys. And with that being said, I just think that he's going to have to do, you know, you're going to see him around that 70 to 80 mark with four to five catches. And it's, I just, see, I can't call Terry McLaurin a bust though, because and if you go by my rankings and also just our consensus rankings, we all have in like the, uh, 
except for Jack. We all have him at uh, we all have him in the the kind of like wide receiver three flex range, like the low twenties. I'm sorry, not low twenties, upper twenties, like twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty area. I think Jack might agree with you, but uh, but the rest of us are are saying you still got to you got to hold your nose and you got to roll with Terry. I see. I'm like I do like Terry McLaurin. I think he's going to be great eventually once they figure this out with him and Dwayne Haskins. He's a wide receiver one, but in Washington. So whatever that's worth, <laughs> it is what it is. All and, right. Well, and, we're, well, we're two. To, then we're two to one on this show, but we're five to two on the website. So, um, uh, I agree with you guys, but uh, but as we mentioned, this show is jam packed. So, um. The website says play Terry, but I can understand why. Look, we're all down on him. You know what I mean? So you're not crazy, but we think, I'd say website consensus says that you're uh, you're slightly too low. But we will see about that. I just think that even they're going to throw him the ball. You know what I mean? They're, they're just they're going to have to. So I agree with being down on him, though. I'm not putting him where he normally would be, which is in like the mid to upper 20. So um, let's run through tight end here, though. Let's just hustle through it. Yeah, real easy. It's Jack Doyle, man. I mean, Ebron IRR, it should be one of those deals that all of his uh, targets are and routes are going to go up because even Mo Ali Cox, who I really like, is having issues with health. So with that and Jacoby Brissett playing, he should get a lot of good looks and is a consistent player on the field, especially since, oh wait, T.Y. is out again this week. So it's going to be him, Pascal, and Rodgers probably. I mean, and I would trust that veteran over the rest of them. Yep. You guys know my feeling on Chester Rogers, so I am completely too. on Jack Doyle. You and I are in the same boat on that one completely because we're right. So uh, as a bust... Um, Shocker, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how why people are still starting him, but OJ Howard is... No, stop it. Drop him, pick up Jack Doyle, and run with it. Or Ryan Griffin. Or Ryan Griffin, or actual they're, they're not owned enough. <laughs> exactly. So tight end is pretty simple because mostly there's just so few startable tight ends. Um, at defense, uh, this is an interesting recommendation, by the way, because a lot of, this is a kind of an interesting one because the Colts <laughs> just don't seem to generate. A, they're, they're good as a defense, but they don't generate a lot of defensive points for fantasy. I know, but it's one of those things I just they're so consistent in every position that they give people issues and trust me i love ryan Tannehill, but man when it it's a divisional i yeah man i just i see them doing well give up 10th fewest points to quarterbacks seventh fewest fewest points to running backs but where they do are kind of weak is to wide receiver where they give up the 12th most and then they give up the six fewest points to tight ends go figure because they have a thousand of them but it's one of those things i just i see them being able to control it and they're going to run it with Jonathan Williams, no matter what the score is, as you saw when they lost to Houston, like, mm. frustrating. Very. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Colts, the Colts are an interesting one because they also just don't generate turnovers in that way. So it's kind of like you get what you get um, with them, whatever the starting point is. Um, you're just trying to hope they can hold on. So interesting choice with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, the divisional game kind of making it wonky. Um, where I think you'll get a lot of support is the bus, though. Yeah, Don't, man. The, do not it's all about those Jaguars, you know, giving up the seventh most points to the quarterback. Oh, wait, they're going against Winston? You don't say. Uh, fourth most points to running back. Oh, Ronald Jones is also going to have a game? Let's go. Uh, ninth fewest points to wide receiver and 16th fewest points to tight end. Uh, not that it matters because OJ Howard isn't going to play. So, oh, so he's just going to be there to hopefully block people and Braid's going to probably get more touches than he will, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I also you, think this been, is a high-scoring game. So yeah, that, if you've been playing the Jacksonville defense, this is not to continue to that. Find something else. Like just don't don't do it. Get out of there with that. If the Panthers' defense for some reason is still available, Jets or something, something like anything that isn't that isn't that because Panthers, Jets, Green Bay, all good options that are pretty available. Yeah, Colts is still largely available too. If you want to go that way, that's also a good choice, like comparatively. So yeah, all safer options. <laughs> Yeah, all better choices than Jacksonville. Don't play the Jacksonville this week, whatever you do. Terrible. So, because that game's going to end up getting out of control. Um, but anyway, I think we did it, guys. I think that we did it. Bad. I think we did it. I think we covered it. I think we set the lineups. Everybody 
have a fantastic close to the holiday weekend, except Jack, where it's not a holiday weekend. It's just going to be a regular weekend. And, uh, 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 <laughs> frankly, huh? Have yourself a week. What? Did you have yourself a week? I smell toast. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are doing Black Friday shopping, stay uh, stay frosty out there, my friends, because uh, that is a complete zoo. But uh, anyway, gentlemen, have a week. Any final thoughts for everybody out there as we roll off into, into week 14? I uh, just would like to tell everyone to enjoy the weekend, uh, continue to enjoy the role of football we've been on that started on Thursday, and most importantly, do not trust Kenyon Drake. Man, that's so salty. <laughs> it's salty <laughs> like that gravy, Jason, because he's right. Aww. Right about that. Have a week, America. Set your line up. <laughs> Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Benjamin Banger. Tritachion, and Admiral Bob. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on ImportantNonsense.com.